Hello, welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. Uh, my name is Ash, and this week I'm actually joined by three members of my firefighter family, because I can count on some of us. <laughs> I've got Scott. Hey. i got Todd. I was including myself in that count, for the record. Right. Todd's his own family. <laughs> and we have Rob. So Todd always has a friend with him. <laughs> Hello. Uh, Sorry, Rob. <laughs> Rob. <laughs> Rob's like Modus. <laughs> Rob. Rob. Uh, yeah, so we, uh, we've been sitting here for the past hour, uh, which is, I think, getting back to kind of our, our normal way of doing things. We chit-chat for an hour. We probably could have hit record and would have had some really good stuff. And well, We got some stuff done. We designed an officer truck while we sat here. We did, yeah. So that's really interesting to see what that uh, the old rough draft is going to look like, even though we're not really... Supposed even, to be even yet. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> you start getting a couple ideas, and next thing you know, we're like, we could do this. Oh, we could do this. Yeah, next thing the ideas are flowing. Mm-hmm. We had the whiteboard, it was next to design. <laughs> well, once Bob hears this, he'll be uh, calling yeah. you. He'll be yeah. intrigued or unhappy. <laughs> yeah, it could go either way, really. <laughs> so, tonight, uh, we got a. Uh, what, what do we want to start off with? We have two two points that we want. I think uh, I think we'll start off with Todd. What mm-hmm. are you pointing your nose for? I'm just scratching. Oh, your I thought you were saying you're not going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like, no, no. Well, we we've talked about it before competency versus compliance. Yeah, actually, we never mentioned it. We never called it that before. Todd just called it that tonight. Yeah, it was a we article have touch base with it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's an older article this year that came out. Huh. Yeah, it just made me start thinking about it. And, you know, because it's. It's the one thing that we do talk a lot about with um, our, how we train mm. with, in our areas, we have the playbook. Right. right? So we play a, offer a playbook. Uh, and then other areas, you come in as a certified 101, firefighter, yeah. you know, but what does that give you? Yeah. Mm. Because again, not that it's, it's a bad thing. A lot of departments, that's their golden standard. Um, however, there's a lot more to that. Right. You can have all these certs behind your name. And it's like, it's some, like in my job, you can come out of school and have this, mm. uh, this, ACP license or PCP license or whatever, but until you get that practical experience and, and skill set and confidence to um, actually put it to work, right? There's a lot of things that I think that goes kind of Every. across the board to everything. Like in my field, in the automotive industry, you'll get somebody that just came out of their uh, all of their schooling. They've got their uh, seal, like they're completely approved to go mm. out there and do any, you know anything. Or you could have I don't want to say this, like, backyard school guy. I just went to a guy today, backyard school guy. Absolutely. I don't right? know what his, I have no idea what his uh, certifications look like. Mm-hmm. He fixes cars well. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's done it for 20 years. Yeah. He's got experience, just never, you know, went through the entire yeah. schooling licensing program, right? And I understand that, you know, putting an alternator on yeah. versus but he's also done more, being a structural yeah. firefighter <laughs> is a bit of a gap. It's but, you know... In any sort of industry, it seems like, you know, as soon as you come out of school, you're like, hey, now that you just learned that, you can forget half of it, and now let's learn the real way. Yeah, and exactly. a bit of that, I think, tra- kind of transfers over to anything. Yeah, It but, does. Yeah. I was just doing that the other day. We had a, a new hire, or, um, or what was yeah, it? This individual is fairly, fairly new to us, and uh, I was drawing up um, some meds for, for one of our patients. And uh, the shoulder said to me, this is, this is the way the J.I. is going to teach you how to properly draw it up. This is the way in the real world how you're going to draw it up faster, more efficiently. Mm-hmm. And away you go. So. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, even <clears throat> Andrew, one of our guys, we were talking about because he's a plumber. He said mm-hmm. yeah, when he was in, what is it called, plumber school? <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Sure. <laughs> Some trade school. Yeah, the trade school. Yeah. Um, when he was in that, he said, yeah, they had all these complicated math uh, algorithms and all this shit <laughs> for angle of water and flow. And he goes, yeah. And then you go in the real world, you're like, that looks good. <laughs> it's like, you know, water's pretty easy. It goes, <laughs> it <Yeah>. goes down. <laughs> exactly. Unless it's under pressure. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's, you know, they make all everything pretty complicated. Um, for sure. Or they add so much stuff to it. The problem I always get with... Um, with a lot of the NFPA stuff, and I've said this before, is they're usually behind mm-hmm. a good five to six years to what the fire service is actually doing. I always find the manuals because I just uh, I looked at one of the new manuals finally last year, like another like one of the newer ones, mm-hmm. and it finally has V E I S in it. Actually, it's still V I S V yeah V I S. It's implied. Oh, sorry, V-E-S, yeah. V-E-S. Yeah, it used to be, yeah. So it still has V E S in it, and it just got in there because it never used to be in there. Mm-hmm. So, and we've been doing it, what, 12 years? Long time. Yeah. yeah, a while. Yeah, and like, there wasn't a lot of people doing it at the time, but mm-hmm. it's it's just it's just made it into some fire manuals mm-hmm. because it takes a long time for them to catch up. And that's what I don't like about a lot of the certificates because you only have to do it once. Mm-hmm. And that's, you have the certificate for life. And we've hired guys here that come with a stack of certificates and uh, they they probably could have walked out with their certificates and <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> and a lot of them have. They they're like, oh, this isn't right for me. I'm out of here. Yeah, qualified yeah. doesn't mean competent, right? No, it's, yeah, there's two different mm-hmm. two different things. Yeah, absolutely. Also, having experience. Yeah. Right. You can have all the certificates in the world if you haven't had experience. They don't mean anything because mm-hmm. you could. Oh yeah, I've seen it, but you haven't actually done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. and I think the right experience too, because. You could be in a totally, you could be in a totally the wrong department, doing everything wrong. Uh, maybe not following the, maybe not totally not following your certi- certification, but you're getting experience in a, in a bad way. Mm-hmm. That's right. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like when you learn about, um, you know, how to read smoke, for example. Yeah. Like, yeah, and you're kind of seeing size up in fire scene, and those first we all know those that first initial stage is so important doing your size up in and reading that smoke, reading that structure, you know. But just by reading the smoke alone, it really doesn't mean anything unless you really understand what the structure is as well, yeah. because we've all gone to many fires where you might get a certain color of smoke coming out of certain areas of the house, um, whereas the footprint of that of that structure or the layout of it with your pre-plan, you know, it, it's going to be a pretty simple fire to go in and, and start working versus you pull up to, um, a, say, a warehouse structure or mm-hmm. a, a complex, complex uh, structure, some sort of a complex building where you see that same level of smoke. That's a total game changer. Fuel right. load, uh, structure components, like there's so much more to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, school teaches you one thing. But until you actually realize and you get out there and you're seeing that volume of smoke and how it's pushing and, and the whole works, right? And then understanding, well, this is this is what this fire needs, but what do I actually have as resources? Yeah. You know, that plays into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think just even from our experience in the summer, uh, not with structure, but with all the wildland stuff mm-hmm. we had this summer, um, just that alone, super valuable because... Uh, you know, we, we do we do this course, this uh, 
WFF SPP one course, which is yeah. essentially it's just an uh, urban interface course. It teaches uh, structural firefighters how to deal with uh, wildland fires as they hit the interface. Yeah. And uh, we, you know, we teach it every year to the new guys, and next year gonna teach it, uh, reteach it to the, all the senior guys again, just so they know they get refresher on it. And we always do a little bit of a refresher uh, every year. But until you see the fire, until you understand it, you can't, you can't possibly understand what you're getting into. And even some of the stuff, it's like they they'll show a video of uh, rank one fire, yeah, and then it's like rank two fire, three, four, five, six, okay. But now what happens when it's Sometimes it's rank five, four, three, and it's happening all at once around you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, it's rank five there, but it's rank three here, rank two over there. Okay, and you gotta like, oh, okay. So you're trying to piece that together. That doesn't teach you that in a course. Basically, yeah. they show a video of this is what a rank six fire looks like, and and then you try to piece all it now in real world. It's like, okay, yeah. now what can I do? You know, rank five, six fire. You're not probably not gonna be able to tackle, but can we draw back slightly and tackle it? Like, can we draw back slightly, mm-hmm. get away from the heavy timber, and tackle it closer? Yeah, we can. Um, but, in re- and what it says in the manual is, like, as soon as it gets to a certain rank, you should be out of there. Right. Unless we shift and go down the street 200 mm-hmm. feet, and now we're mm-hmm. now into a lesser rank. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it is really all about experience, because we, um, mm-hmm. like you guys, yeah. were in that, we're, that house was, you were in that house area. It's coming down on top of you, you, the, you know, the, the, the story is the forestry guy gets, comes out and says, well, that's rank five as fuck, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but how far away up the mountain was that? Yeah, it was definitely a distance away. It was it was pushing towards us. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of things that could change that prior to getting to us. Mm-hmm. But knowing that, hey, this is, like, by the book, if it's coming at you rank five, like, you're switching defensive. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you're, you're not going to sit in the line. Like, by the book, you should be, you know, pulling out. But having some experience having a brain outside of you know just reading a manual you realize okay there's a lot of variables from there's a lot of variables from there to where we are and a lot of things can change so you you have to have that jump off point where hey if it continues towards us like this we're gonna have to retreat but at this point i am going to acknowledge what's happening where it is ranked five but knowing hey and that comes from experience It, and it, and uh, it really goes to show when you're talking to, like, civilians mm-hmm. in town. Because the fire is going off up in the mountains. We're fighting it all day. And then we come down into town. And people are, like, you're in the middle of town. People are packing their stuff up. They're getting ready to eat that. And we're like, yeah. what are you packing your stuff up for? They're like, well, I heard it's, like, crazy up there. It's, like, rank five, rank six. Yeah, but the trees don't follow the... F- the trees aren't going to walk down here on fire. <laughs> it's like, whatever's up there ain't going to happen down here. <laughs> it's like, it'll hit, it, you know, yeah, sure. Could it come down here? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It'll come down here. It might be a grass fire. You know, it might be a, a one structure. Then it becomes a different style of fire. Um, so that just goes to show, because people that don't have an, any experience of fire, mm-hmm. they get all worried because they see these videos and see, you know, they see our video of Warren fighting or, you know, that the, the whole yeah. shit video. Mm-hmm of a tree candling next to our truck and, you know, houses around. Well, that's happening up there in the middle of it, not in the middle of town. There's so much <clears throat> from that point to dense structure. Yeah. Um, and luckily for us, a shitload of green space. Yeah. So we are surrounded on both sides of our valley with orchard and vineyard. Yeah. Um, the odds of it tearing through all of that, you know, yes, I, I, you know, I understand that, you know, 
in California, they have that too. And right. once it gets so large, it can just be a massive, you know... Fire tornado. Yes, and that's crazy. Um, I don't know in our area, and I could be wrong, but I don't see how we couldn't get in front of that. Um, right. Yeah, it's... Uh, I get our area and like Northern Cal California, especially are very, very similar, but, uh, I don't see it. I don't yeah. see how our vegetation, the way that our Valley has been built around. I can see the people's mindset because that's all that they see. They, they, they see the photos and videos that are coming from yeah, the residents. See the, the they see some too. of the media yeah. and then they see what does happen down stateside. Right. And like, I, I can see how they would get triggered and be like, I gotta get the shit out of here because this yeah. is crazy. Like if, if it's moving that fast, well, what's going to stop it? I mean, all, all that vineyard can burn, which yes, it can. Yeah. But yeah. I think too, some of it is, yeah, it may have been ranked five <clears throat> up above, but mm-hmm. By the time it reaches down to where you were and surrounding the houses, maybe it's down to a rank three, something that you can step (laughs) back and look at and get your structure protection useful, you know, do Mm -hmm. something useful. Yeah, you let it, like we've we've done in the past where we have been chasing the fire, right? Where Mm -hmm. we're learning the past couple of years, just let it burn up to you. Um, And yeah, like there were some areas there where it could have burned up to you and then it was just ground surface stuff and and that's just the thing right yeah, that's just, basically what we did that one night we just yeah. let it burn to us <laughs> yeah which is hit the fire guard wrapped around us mm-hmm. it was, yeah. it was it, like you look at it you're like well this is crazy yeah but then as soon as it hit the fire guard it's down to nothing it's just died out right because yeah that that fuel load went from you know heavy timber light timber ground fuel yeah. to a fire guard and for maybe some of our newer guys too and us having experienced some of that stuff mm-hmm. now um Newer guys will be like, well, why aren't you doing something? Yeah. Well, we've experienced that. We know what it's going to do. We right. know we want it to burn up to that point. We know af- after it gets to that <clears throat> you know, lower rank, now we can attack it and actually be useful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think the big thing, too, is is knowing how to triage in a fire. So, and not being afraid to make that call. Um, if you can set up that uh, structure protection unit, get some sprinklers going, um, but realize that, you know, we can do everything that we can for this for this structure, for these properties, but knowing that in a block or two or a kilometer or so, it becomes much more defensible. At some point in time, you, you have to look at the big picture and say, we might be able to save this house, so let's put some efforts here. But we know we can, or we're hopeful that we can stop it here. And I, I think we can take a lot of what we've seen this year locally, as well as out on deployment. Because, you know, you guys got some first-hand experience of what I think some maybe larger triage looks yeah. like, where, you know, this this area is very, very defensible. This one, yeah. maybe not so much. They're still going to do an effort there. Just you, you have to take a look at the big picture and see, like, hey, if, if we lose three to save 20, is that kind of the move? Sadly, yes. And that comes back to what we started talking about. Mm-hmm. Just learning that in a course. Mm-hmm. No, you're not going to learn any of that in a course. No. Unless you have it. The only time I find I learn things in courses, because I'll sit there and I'll I'll watch the, the PowerPoint and half the time you're falling asleep. You're watching, and unless there's a cool video or something. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, you're not really learning that much for the book. You're learning enough to pass the test. You're learning enough on the PowerPoint to pass the test. What you're really learning is when you're talking to the instructors. If mm -hmm. the instructors are good, like good instructors, mm -hmm. you're learning from the instructors, telling that, telling their stories of when things went south, or you're at lunch with them, or you're on break and they're telling you. That's when I always find I learn stuff. Like they, if we could just literally have a lunch break, like a seven-hour lunch break with the instructors, <laughs> I think I'd find I'd, I'd learn a lot more. Like you know, some of our task force leaders that we had. Yeah. I was learning more from them just by talking to them than I would have on a course. <laughs> from them. Well, if you think about our task force leader or the hazmat when we went course yeah. we went to, those yeah, guys. Are, guys yeah. Where did we learn yeah. the stuff? We didn't learn it in the course. No. <laughs> we learned it when he went off page and started talking. Yeah. But those guys are in that position because they really know their stuff and not just because they learned everything they need to in a classroom. Mm. It's because they've done the <clears> stuff. They've learned the stuff from actually doing it. And that's why they're good at what they, well, should be good at what they do because they've yep. experienced they know what they're talking about and that's why the hands-on training is so important um absolutely so, especially yeah. at our seminar mm -hmm. and when we go to courses i'm always like i always look like is there hands-on uh, no hands-on okay yeah do i want to send our guys just so then it's like okay or it's like sometimes we just send our guys to courses just just to get the certificates and now they can come back and teach like we had a traffic control course yeah. that the guys went to uh, train the trainer course so the guys can now teach our guys traffic control stuff it's like okay sent the guys to it like i sent one of our guys who works for road maintenance and like and the other guy used to work for the road. yeah <laughs> so the two guys i sent they do this this is like their this is what's their job or is their job to to handle traffic control and flow they aren't really going to learn anything <laughs> but they had to go and get that certificate that says yeah. okay now you can teach other people you can teach these firefighters how to do this I find, too, when I think of this, the whole competence versus compliance and stuff. So when we were out east at RTAC, right. remember we stopped by the one fire department, mm. yeah. and we're chatting with the guys. Oh, yeah, we're, we're all full-time here, this and that. This small crew of full-time, four guys or whatever yeah. they had that night shift for three. And uh, we asked them, oh, yeah, well, we're, you know, do you have a burn building? Like, where do you train? How much do you train? Oh, I haven't been in a burn building since I graduated from fire academy three years ago. Yeah. What? Oh, well, the pay don't call guys. They're here every week doing Train. their stuff. Training Train the doing the, In the burn buildings, doing this. Like, that right there is the problem. Yes. Mm. Here you come out of the fire school. You're a little piece of paper. You're qualified. You get hired. You do a little bit of training. Away you go. And then you just start getting complacent. And yep. they're sweeping floors and sitting in the day room. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but that is why we train every week. We train hard every week. We put a lot of uh, forethought into practices and mm -hmm. training is specifically for that. So yeah. every time I think of that, I, I think of that one department specifically. Yeah, and that's a sad, sad reality. And that's not a knock on paid guys. No, no, there's no. a lot of all halls that I, I, I sadly think kind of have the same mindset. Like, yeah, yeah we sent we sent our guys off. They went and did a live fire somewhere. They've got that check marked, and they've got yeah. the check mark now. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. well, there's a lot of paid guys that are the other way too. Like, they'll sit around the breakfast table the next day and be like, "Hey, did you we're on that call last night? Yeah, it went crazy. Then this happened. Oh, yeah, let's go hit the band. Let's go hit the band. Let's recap that. Mm -hmm. I, there's a well, Jason awesome. was, was one. Yeah, and Jason was. Yeah, that's uh, was. Yeah, I know they create the tool and everything. And, yeah. yep. right, the Sea Rat, but also then like I've bunch of buddies from the lower mainland and stuff and, and up the valley uh, that are full-time fire guys and they train non-stop mm -hmm. they love it when they go have their training hours and, and days and their training yeah. you know part of their their routine daily schedule between calls is 
you know, their, their equipment check, their truck check. Um, they'll have breakfast if they can between the FR calls because the only calls they do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, then then they're out in the training grounds mm-hmm. or they're having extra days where the paid on call guys come in and they all train together. For sure. Know? So there is a ton of guys that do training, but that one department that still stands out in my head. Yeah, yeah and like I was saying, you know that there's sadly more that are like that and that, yeah. that comes back to what we're saying here right like you know just getting that box checked that tells you that yes you can do it mm-hmm. but until you go out there and do it and then hone those skills so having a skill set knowing that okay i i know to get to b i have to go from a to b yeah but there's so much that can happen in between a a and b and then knowing what's coming c d e f like you 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 Unless you're out there and you're keeping that muscle memory, keeping your brain sharp too, like knowing that that whole muscle memory side of it's great. Like if shit hits the fan, you want to be able to fall back on just knowing what to do. But that's great for a skill set. But now you can't be an idiot. Like you actually have to have a brain that can kind of comprehend and think ahead, right? And yeah. you know, there's all sorts of people in the fire service. Like there's the guys that'll be you know, forward thinkers and they, they're always looking ahead and they're trying to see and they're trying to plan for what's coming next. Um, and there's going to be guys that, you know, are amazing at their job, but they are very like task kind of driven. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like, Todd, I need you to go and do this. And you'd be like, absolutely. I know how to do that. And I will go and do the shit out of that for you. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as you're done, you'll come, come back. Okay, sir, I got that, that done. What do you need next? Right. Not kind of, you know, again, I don't want to call that like bad because then that stays away from that whole freelance side of it too. Right. Um, but there is a value in having that, that mindset and having the eyes and being, being able to see things thinking forward mm-hmm. and you don't get that out of, you know, out of a school, you don't get that out of a book. Um, you get that out of experience. And then you also get that from experience knowing not to go off on your own, mm-hmm. but to see it and report it. And come up with a plan together and then go and attack whatever's changing. Yeah. Because you, you can't teach change, like changing on the fire ground. You, you, everything is so dynamic. So you open up a book and you train for each individual scenario, but you can't change or you, you, it's so hard to train for all of the variables that can come in real life. Yeah, exactly. You have to train to, everyone wants to train to be able to improvise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I know you've, you've talked about that before. Like, that's that's super key on the ground is being able to imp- improvise and come up with those, you know, different in- in- incident action plans or, you know, what ha- what's important now and, like, and, yeah. and mm-hmm. thinking on the fly and changing on the fly. But I find sometimes uh, driving to a scene, um, it's going to sound stupid, but the more you think about it, the worse it is. Because you'll be driving there going, okay, I got this option, I got this option, I got this option. And then sometimes I'm just like, you know what? Uh, the guys in the back are doing the thing. I'm like, they're ready, but they're like, what are we doing? I'm like, I'm not sure yet. Like, when we get Absolutely. there, that's what I'm going to know. Because, yeah. like, right now, if I start telling them to do stuff, like, hey, I want you guys to go pull this, get that, do that. And then we get there and, like, oh, shit, that's not, that's not anything like what I wanted. <laughs> so it's almost like we, you know, it's good to have a plan, but when we get there, and that's why it's important to have the officer on scene. For sure. Uh, yeah. But sometimes you're, like, you show up and you're like, you know what? I, where does that flow once we get there? It's just going to have to be like. Yeah. That's when we have to start pulling it together because we're, right now I don't know what we're doing. Like I honestly I don't know what the scene is. Every scene's different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why it's so important to have everybody in the truck super aware of 
all the jobs. Yeah. And to know your team as a team leader, to know everybody's strengths and weaknesses. We've talked in the past as well because, you know, I will know, I'll be able to look at the guys, okay, well, if it turns into this scene, yeah. I'm going to task this individual or this individual on that job so that their roles may change like you just said so it's like i'm usually fairly vague i'm like you grab the hose or you grab this side pre-connect you grab that side pre-connect because it's a fire we probably know we're gonna need water yeah um guy in the middle assist them yeah that doesn't doesn't mean necessarily go grab a hose to back them up that means hey if he needs a tool grab a tool if a ladder is needed grab a ladder if we need a, a chainsaw grab a chainsaw absolutely right. like, and then then yeah. that changes you roll up and somebody comes running out oh my god my kid's still trapped in this bedroom yeah. guess what now we're not taking yeah, a hose we're, we're going to be doing VIS yeah. right and away you go so mm-hmm. it could change so dramatically on what we're doing yeah. so I know like we were, we were doing a lot of training in the past about uh, minimum manpower stuff you know so that gets away from that yeah, mindset that, that of yeah. pulling up tagging, tagging a hydrant you know stretching the line going in to Okay. Oh shit! No. Now I'm grabbing a ladder. I'm laddering that window. I'm doing a rescue. You know, yeah. like we're not even touching the fire yet because we don't have the manpower. But priority is that rescue. So mm-hmm. it, it just teaches that, that thinking on that fly. And that's so, why with our scenarios, we never really like some departments will lay. They'll before they do the scenario, they'll bring up the whiteboard and they'll draw exactly. Okay, we're gonna go here. We're gonna go there. This truck's gonna park here. This truck's gonna park there. And we're gonna lay it all out. Okay, now we're gonna go hit the. We're gonna go drive out, and we're gonna do that. We'll do what we just drove on the road on the board. It's like, yeah. when is a fire ever like that? Yeah. <laughs> like unless you're doing a specific skill. Like, hey, we want it tonight. We want to train VIS. This is why we're gonna park this way. Okay, yeah. let's go do it. That's when you do that. But on a scenario, night, it's mm-hmm. usually like, there's a fire over there. Right. And sometimes we even give false information. There's, Absolutely. You know, and then when they get there, then the information is totally different. Yes. And when, guys get mad at us. They're when, like, what? when does dispatch <laughs> ever give us wrong info? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we get there and it's completely different because they're getting wrong info or yeah. just they're getting panic from a caller. Sure. So Language barrier. Some language yeah. barriers, yeah. Maybe some intoxication. We haven't had that lately. <laughs> or just no information. Or we nothing. Went, we went yeah. to one the other day where there's two of us on the truck. The other hall had a couple of people as well. We got there first. It was for an alarm activation. You know, roll up and, you know, we had that discussion in the truck. Well, what happens if this happens? Well, we'll see what we get there. We're going to check the panel. Go from there. There's only two of us. And sure enough, walk up to the panel. Oh, yeah, no, the room's down there. It's full of smoke. Ah, shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that wasn't passed to us. So off we go. New game plan like that on the fly. And, yeah. and we went and hit it. So, yeah, it, um, yeah, it's just so many, so many things. Like I said, it's, that's why we practice. That's why we got to train. That's why we got to drill. We got to do all these, you know. Going back to Scott's comment about giving guys in the backseat commands about who he wants doing what and going back to the experience that guys have or don't have, you look in the back to see which guys you have. Maybe you've got one rookie with you and he hasn't done something before. You pair him up with a guy that, say, you're you're grabbing two nozzles. One guy is doing an entry. Grab the rookie to do backup. He needs yeah. to experience that going through the front door. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, it's a, it's a safe out. task yeah. not, for him yeah. to do it. Yeah. Instead of making the rookie be the backup hose line guy, yeah. um, you know, because he's not going to get that experience unless yeah. you give him that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so um, I think part of that experience is onus on us as officers to give those guys a chance to experience oh, yeah, and sure. not. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that comes right back down to the, to the rookies being on the responding engines anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't like kicking them off. 
no, I said, not, you know, we can kick them off the first truck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't really like to, I like keeping them on. Unless it's some crazy thing and we got lots of guys piling in. Depending on what it is. Yeah, like if, yeah. if, if we know something's like really starting to jump jump off, you know, there's mul- there's like that, you know, many reports. Maybe we're responding to the hall and you can see like a massive plume of smoke right on Main Street or like something. Like you know it's going to be big. People trapped and all that. Yeah, right? You're, you're not going to be, okay, yeah, maybe let's wait. If the hall is going to get full really quickly, yeah. probably not truck one. But if it's your average call, you don't really know what you're about to get. Um, they don't get that experience. Mm-hmm. Sit at the hall. Yeah. Sit even, the hall, Even right? like multi-vehicle accidents, you know, they've got to get that exposure to that type of scene. But you also mm-hmm. want to protect them a Absolutely. little bit mm-hmm. to make sure that they're going to be comfortable in the future. Yeah. Because like uh, a lot of people will get traumatized by For seeing sure. that type of stuff, right? So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Till they get comfortable with it, yep. um, you know, you kind of have to do that kind of protecting. We even just well. go into calls because, like today, we had a call, mm-hmm. um, and as soon as uh, you got on scene and you said the driver was gone, we're still coming in the second. I was because I, I made it the second engine, mm-hmm. and we're still driving there. And I go to Adam. I'm like, you know, we're not going to be needed. <laughs> He's like, I know. I'm like, but you know what? Just keep coming. Yeah. Because you know, it's good to get there. We had two newer guys in the back. Like, it's good for them to see. Like, cause, yeah, you know, it was an accident, but it's good to... I think every time you see an accident, you, you start piecing yeah, together things. Yeah, you have to learn like, Because they got out, and they can see where the tire tracks were. They can see where he hit. You can see how lucky he was. You can see all the bystanders. You can see the police cars. All that stuff is like, oh. And then next time, it just becomes, okay, next time I go to an accident, this is what I expect. There's going to be police cars everywhere. There's going to be bystanders running. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Even before that, even, like... Just that stress or inoculation driving, talk about yeah. driving there, getting into that mindset of, okay, well, this is the steps. And then as you roll up, okay, well, this is where I should be parking the apparatus. Yeah. Oh, this, this is, this is how tight the scene can get sometimes. So that's why we talk about real estate, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, yeah, without actually making it to a scene, you're never going to be able to piece it together. Yeah. yeah. Unless there's something that's way outside of town, even then, I will never stand down equipment. That's rolling. Yeah, yeah. Know, yeah like, like get them out there. They're already, driving. they're already on a truck. Yeah. If we got a call anywhere else, you're gonna be pretty fast responding code three <laughs> when you're responding. Yeah, you're code already, three already. You're already in take, service. Take a hard yeah. left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Today on that vehicle, I didn't see mm-hmm. um, when you guys cut the battery and stuff. Yeah. Did they pop the hood? Did they do any of that stuff? Did they pull equipment? Uh, no, it was uh, uh, like the vehicle they... was like the power was on in park. I pull up and the radio's going. Right. <laughs> I see a child seat in the back, so I did a quick, yeah. quick thorough check to see because there's actually kids' shoes yeah. that were thrown thrown about inside of the vehicle. Um, so like quickly, I'm doing the you know thorough check or whatever. But like yeah, like power was on still, yeah. so it was just a quick hood like pop pop open, yeah. and then uh, the old fits all wrench. Yeah, that's what I like the uh, I like when we did the auto wax. It's like hey, this 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 vehicle that's already destroyed. Yeah. We're not going to do any more damage to it. Let's mm-hmm. take, let's do some actual tool work on it. For sure, because it takes us two seconds to pull the tools out. Cut, cut, cut. cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I, I, I get to kind of see the. It was kind of like a frame the hood today. So I'm like, oh, that's yeah. one of those times where it's like, yeah, it's just easier to. Just because there's there's the yeah. training aspect. There's also the ridiculousness of people watching us pull up all these tools and start cutting incredible. Whatever part of yeah, because there was probably <laughs> there was over ten bystanders slash witnesses more, that, yeah. that were there plus and then people, there was like guys on bikes that were riding by and then they kept riding by and yeah it was kind of a 
this seems like a complete shit show to start with. Yeah. Let's, you know, kind of minimize what's happening here. Well, um, and we still need to make them fire safe, right? We, yeah, absolutely. So that's our job. Oh, yeah, and that's he's good. gone, right? Mm-hmm. We still have to like guys control the scene right and do everything. Blah, blah, Because mm-hmm. I've, I've been to a call um, as the paramedic who's gone there, and and I remember we uh, we actually transported the people. Uh, the fire department was on scene, and on the way back from the hospital, we're heading back to quarters, and here's the, the tow truck, the deck truck. It's got the car up on the on the deck and it's pulled over on the side of the road and the fire department's still there because yeah. the car caught on fire on the deck truck. Well, mm-hmm. our tow truck driver came back here once and then on fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah? He drove back into the, into the hall, into the parking lot. <laughs> he, was, he was a firefighter at the time and, uh, yeah, I guess I wasn't here then but I heard, yeah, he drives, he drove back in and the car was back up because I guess when he was driving on the road, just enough heat in there, and then with the wind, it kicked the fire back off. So he drove in here and was pouring out smoke, and we had guys to put it out on the deck truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, one of my uh, task force leaders uh, on the he was um, this past couple of weeks. Yeah. He's from the island. There was a plane crash, and first of all, he's like, I don't know. How, he goes, I don't know how you interior guys deal with this. He goes, Man, it was like because he kept telling me how hot it was. He's like, Yeah, it was like forty degrees. It's forty degrees, man. I'm like, Uh huh. And I was even cooling, and that's that's hot. Because to me, I'm like, oh, so you know, that's summertime. So normal, normal summertime. So to me, I'm like, yeah, I know, that's summertime. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. oh wait, you're from the coast. Yeah, you never get that hot. He's like, yeah, what do you guys do? I'm like, I don't know. We usually take our gear yeah. off. He goes, yeah, because <laughs> he goes, you know, like you know, you're not to take your gear off. But he goes, he goes, you have to take your gear off. I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, there's that, there's that yeah, policy, so there's that, you know, that that book thing mm-hmm. where you got to leave your gear on. But unless you're gonna die from heat stroke. <laughs> Not helping anybody, mm-hmm. but he yeah. was telling me they had to crawl in. They were dealing with his patient inside this down plane. The only patient left, so they, they were dealing with him. They're cutting him out. And he says, literally, as they just pulled him out, the plane flashed over and caught on fire. He's like, one of their guys burned it home. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> they, had, they had fire protection set up and everything, but he's yeah. like, yeah, it's like crazy. Hmm. Like, just you know, back to the making sure everything's safe. Mm-hmm. But we were because we were talking to him about how we had an, a helicopter crash. Yeah. And, we, and how the guys had to basically Google how to shut down a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> he thought it was funny because I'm like, he's like, yeah, we had this. I said, yeah, because we didn't know. Like a helicopter, you need to do certain things to shut off the fuel pump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, it keeps fuel Pumping pumping. Fuel. Yeah. <laughs> Man. And none of that is in a book. Well, I mean, it's eh, we just brought it right, yeah, see? <laughs> right back around there. It's in a book, but it all comes down to experience, which mm-hmm. makes you confident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. The book learning is great, but. It is. But until you can put that to yeah. action, yeah. Um, like getting back to some of our training. Um, oh, the like, first eight weeks, what do we do? Yeah, it's, it's all out of the book sure. on the fire ground, though. So yeah. like we are layering all of these skills based off of a 1001 firefighter, which is the playbook in our yeah. province. So you're taking all of these skills, you're taking all, all, all of this book learning, and we do some PowerPoint, we do some classroom, but we do a shit ton of hands-on. And you're checking all, all of those boxes, and a lot of it's going to be, you know, your PPE. It's going to be hose loads, it's going to be water supply, it's going to be um, live fire, you know, reading the fire, doing some quick, quick attacks. Um, but everything comes from a book, but then we have the ability... To kind of mold that content into what what works for us, and I, I think that's super super key too. And it comes back to like what Scott was saying, having the proper instruction versus mm-hmm. just having information presented to you. Yeah. If if you can't turn that into 
something that you can take away as a useful, you know, that knowledge that you can hold on to, you're not going to retain it. And if, if you can't take that knowledge and then have a good training environment where you can put that to use, like we're super, super lucky to have what we have here where we can bring the guys from the bays, from the classroom over to the buildings and actually have that experience there. Um, having that full circle learning is key. And then, you know, for the people like you were saying that take that once, get that checkbox and all right, now I'm a firefighter. I'm never going to do it again. Right? Yeah. No, like, you got to keep those those skills honed. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> prime example, a few weeks back, we did a practice. We did some some rope setup and embankment rescue stuff, and I hadn't touched it for a while. A few of us hadn't, um, and thankfully, we were split with another group that was fairly fresh with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we caught a few things. Like, oh shit, I forgot about that. And we're not perfect. We forget things. That's why we have to keep practicing. Well, ours is a gong show because we got these new harnesses, and uh, they're they're super easy to put on. When you know how to put them on, they're way easier than the original ones we had. But because guys didn't train with them enough, they're like, uh, "How do you put these things on?" Well, they're super easy. Yeah, are they? <laughs> so that actually took the longest out of everything because the guys were trying to figure out how to put on these new harnesses. Right. So it's like crap. We need to train the harness, like because we're all hell bent on. Oh, we got to train how to do the ropes, how to set the system up, how to do the Z rig, all that kind of stuff. Well, if we can't do any of that, if we don't have the harnesses on, mm-hmm. so that was a whole other process. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something like ropes and, you know, that, that rescue side of it, I think we can admittedly say like that's, that's not a strong point across the board for us. And we'll prime, well, why? Because, because we don't, A, we don't train as much and we get two calls a year or one call a year. If that, yeah. Maybe, and, that, and that's right? why when we don't train it as much, cause it's like, we don't do it that often. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather, you know, we have more structured buyers, so I'd, you know, I'd rather spend our training time. Yeah. Fighting structure fires and really, like I say, an over embankment call. Um, yeah, the guy down below needs you needs you to come down and fix him. But the guys, like, it's not as dangerous as a as you're inside of a fire if you don't know what to do. That's right. right? Like, if you don't know how to hook the ropes up, you could probably because um, it's it's low angle over embankment stuff. You could probably body blow yourself down there yeah. and at least get the triaging started of the patient, which is what we do anyways. We send mm-hmm. a safety guy down to do the triaging yeah. of the patient. Eventually, someone will show up to. To help, uh, like someone who knows what they're doing, will eventually come up and show these guys. Oh, this is what you gotta do. Yeah. Um, whereas in a structure fire, you might be the only one there. Like, or not, you're not gonna be the only one there. Mm-hmm. You might be the first one in. That's right. Off the engine, you and it doesn't, and you're not waiting for someone else to come because you got to get in there now to go rescue that person. Yeah, and that's usually with any specialty rescue stuff. It, it's usually not as time sensitive. Like it's yeah. it's slower, methodical setup, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and uh, whereas technically, like when when, when we talk service levels. For what we're doing for if if you're just exterior of your exterior interior department you know like that's our bread and butter that yeah. is that's yeah. the tax base that's what we're here for for mm-hmm. our community for that fire suppression and rescue um and then all those other so, so our ice rescue our swift water rescue yeah. our over embankment you know that's all extras yeah mm-hmm. well so and i like the way matt phrases it matt's cool. you know he he teaches well, well he doesn't teach any like he doesn't te- officially teach it but he he's he's kind of our ropes expert guy yeah. and he's also basically our water expert guy mm-hmm. but he, what he always says he goes what's the number one thing we do when we get there stabilize the scene uh, you stabilize the scene you go to the patient calm him down and if it's, it's water throw him a throw bag and just hold there and wait for everybody wait for everybody to come he goes now you're at least stabilize the scene that mm-hmm. guy once you have a rope around him you're probably gonna be able to hold him there for quite some time 
Yeah. Um, same thing as you know ropes or yeah ropes down the bank. If you go down, if you send a medic down right away, and you can stabilize them. Mm. Well, now you have time. But if you're decking around up top and everyone's trying to figure out a, well, how yeah. does the system work? How does the system work? And meanwhile, no one's actually went down. Yeah, you got to make contact. Mm. Yeah. So and I, so now I look at a rescue totally different now. It's like yeah, if we can stay, if we can send one person out there to stabilize that scene. Yeah. We have that slows our. It's almost a like a lot of time. It's almost mm-hmm. like a. Um, Transitional attack. You're slowing down the fire clock, right? So, yeah, that guy going out there—that's a transitional attack. You go out there and you and you just stabilize him. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's the exact same crossover. Like you said, it's you roll up to a structure fire. You know, you can start putting water on that fire right away. What a novel concept! (laughs) And uh, you know, like start slowing it down. You're gonna push the fire into the room. It's gonna kill everybody. (laughs) Yeah, it moves. It's a living creature. Those. I'm starting to think we might like that movie more than we like. <laughs> I would like it if I put it correctly. I yeah. put it differently every, every time. Every time it's a little different. Yeah. So those types of comments about learning in a over embankment mm-hmm. about getting somebody down there. Those again are things not you're not learning in a book. Yeah. Those are things that you're learning mm-hmm. over time, experience, and um, yeah. yeah. And there's there's I mean there's people that retain knowledge from reading books. Right. There's somebody that will retain knowledge from reading the book and doing it, or actually just doing it and repetitively, mm-hmm. yeah. repetitively. Um, so every, everybody learns differently too. So mm-hmm. um, for sure, absolutely. you have to try and you have to recognize how people learn sometimes too. And can't be a lazy bag of shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> trademark. That was our, no, that's not my trademark. That was our quote up in the we're training or when we were on the deployment. Uh, Mike, <laughs> that was like I kept saying to him, "Don't be a lazy bag of shit." <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> we were just talking about how um, some other guys were not hitting things right and not doing their work. Not on our department. not on our department. Yeah, not our. <laughs> but, like we come across things, we're like, "This looks like it's already been action once by somebody." There's like a little bit of water on it. We're like, "Hmm." And there's a Tim Kennedy meme. Tim Kennedy is the MMA fighter, um, Green Bray. This meme was like in this line of work. Obviously military, but fits the police, fire, everything. Um, people can die. If, people can die because you're a lazy bag of shit. <laughs> That's awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're a lazy bag of shit, people yeah. can die. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to write that on the windshield of the truck with the magic marker stuff. Yeah, don't be a lazy bag of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to write it the other way so trucks can see it as we drive up. <laughs> right. <laughs> right in the mirror again. <laughs> yeah, <it's> awesome. <laughs> Uh, I, I feel like we could really beat that to death. Like a dead um, horse. Like a dead horse. <laughs> um, but I feel we got, not our point across, but I, I feel we got kind of what we wanted to discuss across there a bit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, going in, if it's schooling or if it's, you know, learning in a classroom, all that stuff's great. And we have to do it. And there's reasons why you have to do it. There, there is knowledge that you have to retain. But nothing can beat real life experience. Um, and that's kind of what I think and what we're getting out here is the two differences there. So, uh, yeah, nailed it. The other thing we wanted to talk about mm-hmm. was there's a program called, I think it's called Call Signs for Life. Yep. So basically, you're giving numbers to each individual in your department. I don't know the ins and outs of it. We were, we were just talking beforehand um, mm-hmm. how um, I think your department's kind of looking at it maybe. Not sure. Um, we still follow names. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, in my line of work, we use badge numbers and stuff sometimes. 
um, for things. I don't know everybody's badge number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't buy badge number. I don't know anybody else's number. <laughs> so it's like, I just know how I don't know how it will work when you have thirty guys and you're trying to remember. Okay, what's Rob's number? You're one eight one. What? No, that's our that's our station. What? What's the, okay, what? What is your? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a truck number. Like you're going. Like you're. Okay, what number are you? Yeah. I don't know. Rob. Hey, Rob. Come over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, like we don't even we don't even use last names. We use first names mm-hmm. for the most part on the radio. Okay. Because it's just easier. It's it goes back to that, and it's just me talking. Like me. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there are, there are probably benefits to it, but we go. It goes back to that common English thing. Like what, the more complicated you make it, the more complicated it becomes. Well, unless you've got two Robs, three Kevins, yeah. two Mikes. <laughs> but I, but I know there's only probably gonna be one Rob on the radio, and sometimes sure. I'll or sometimes I'll throw the last name out if I if it's like, like the Kevins, yeah, I'll, and I'll throw out Kevin's last name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think Kevin podcast Kevin. Yeah, we he is more of a last name guy. Yeah. Um, just because the name sounds like when you say it, it's like, yeah. Right? <laughs> I don't know. Like when you say his yeah. last name, it just sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think the plain English, the, you know, when shit hits the fan, all of that, all, all the, you know, proper protocol, all, all the numbers, the call, call signs, I think all, all that's great until your brain stumbles. I know all of your names and for the most part, I think we try to avoid last names for a reason. And especially if things go sideways, like if there's an issue with somebody, you're not going to start dropping names, period. And maybe that's the positive for call signs. But the other thing is, so, because we're always talking about, oh, well, you know, your wife to hear. It's like, yeah, if it's on my helmet for 20 years, Mm -hmm. my wife's wife's going to know my goddamn call sign. (laughs) So it's like, and it's basically, unless you're using it every day at the hall, like, Hey, 381. How are you doing? 204? Like, like, <laughs> unless you're doing that every day, you're it never going to remember anything. Yeah. I just yeah. don't understand it. I can, I can see if yeah. you can see their helmet from a distance. Mm-hmm. If you can see their helmet from a distance, you can probably read the. You can probably see their Scott. name from a distance, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing that we, how we started talking about this, because I, I don't quite know a lot about it. I want to learn more about it. But, you know, like, we're not putting names on our, our turnouts anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got away from the, the names on the helmets as well, just because they're hard to see, they get dirty. And so maybe with the numbers, then you'll have a bit more legible number. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Does that number then go into your gear? I, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so sometimes it is hard to see who you're talking to at night when they're in a mask and things like that, if that name isn't on the helmet. So maybe that's part of it as well. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot more history with it, but just the simplicity of little things. Um, because generally like we talk about like, I'll call a team, right? Because when you get off the truck, check on the command and you're all assigned a team. Um, so whether you're calling attack or search or who vent or whoever, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then you, sometimes you do need to get into those individual names. Um, but then for us and the same with you guys, you guys use the first names for the officers, mm-hmm. uh, role for everybody basically. But, uh, and then for us, it'll, it'll be, if it's something specific off that truck or team, it's uh, captains, Captain Coons or whoever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's first names as well. So I, I don't know. I just don't know a lot about the whole call signs for life thing and interested in learning more. I'm sure there's a lot of tradition behind it with certain areas, but yeah. Yeah. It, it just, yeah. Yeah, like I can understand, I understand your engine. And this is getting a number. Mm-hmm. Is it a number? Because it's a number. It's not a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I go back to Jocko. 
they had their trucks, like originally they had them one, two, three, four, five. And like he said, so you, when they'd roll up and we get turned around mm-hmm. and now they're like, what truck is so? So he said, oh yeah, we, uh, you know, I get into the truck that I thought was number one because we rolled up and, but now it's being switched around. Well, he goes, you know, I can't, sometimes you can't see the numbers, so you sit in it. And then you're like, oh shit, I'm, in, I'm actually in five. So what they do, they actually named their trucks. Mm-hmm. They named them after, uh, after, what's that movie with the bowler and the guy with the fake hand? And Kingpin? Kingpin, Kingpin. yeah. Like, yeah. It was like, like one truck was named Big Earn. And <laughs> <laughs> so they named them, big name on the side. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, huh. So it's almost the opposite of call size for life. It's like now you're naming your trucks a name, not just a number. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Because even our our truck, I'll I'll you know I'll call the one, I'll call the one tender. Uh, I don't even call it by the right name. I said you know the old tender, mm-hmm. or and now I'm like oh the old new tender. <laughs> it's kind of an old. <laughs> and it's like that gets confusing, <laughs> but it's like, or what is call our officer truck the officer truck? That's right. That's mm-hmm. not his name. That's not his no. call. That's not its number, but we say the officer truck. That's right. Yeah, like in my line of work, like if I'm on a, a multi-unit response, you know, it's, yeah. it's all unit numbers. You know, yeah. we only have two people per unit. So it's, it's fairly easy. Yeah. And generally, um, if I'm calling that unit number, uh, usually the driver, it's his role to, to answer. That's yeah. just how we do it. Uh, it's not really like the officer or the attendant, right? The attendant's in charge of patient care. Yeah. The driver's in charge of all the comms. Yeah. Um, so that works out quite well because there's not many scenes where I roll up when we're all out of the vehicles moving around where I really have to call somebody individually. Mm-hmm. And, and your and your ambulance is it's it's like task based, right? It's almost because it's like yeah. you have like a fox car or whatever. Yeah, I you don't know cars numbers or names or anymore. Yeah, but, Alpha Bravo's Kilo Foxes. Uh, but you know, it's kind of where that car came from. That I don't know. Is that the on call car? I can't remember. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what yeah. you're getting at when you call that car. Yeah, I know I'm getting an engine when I call mm-hmm. an engine engine number. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, even like like the mutual aid stuff, like. Lo- it seems so. Well, our our truck in our department, like yeah. our our other hall, uh, so our second engine, that's generally the one we send out for mutual aid, and that's yeah. usually the one I'm always attached. So I end up doing a lot of mutual aid calls, yeah. um, and every time I come up with you guys, usually I'll call out with the original truck sign to command check in, and after that, it's very rare. It's engine one nine two or yeah, this you, or that. you go by your it's, you go by your town. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just <laughs> I'll keep it simple because there's so much truck chatter. Yeah. I'll be like. Uh, yeah. Command Osirius or Bob Todd yeah. Bob Osirius, <laughs> and as soon as they know who in the, who's on the truck, then it's very simple. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And we kind of chatted about that before we hit record tonight. When we're responding to something, so if if we've got engine one, engine two, we could potentially both be responding. Not quite nose to tail, but like there's a lot of calls. If it's something big, and we're gonna get a quick response if we're going like south where there's long straight stretches the first engine can see or sorry the second engine can see the lights from the first engine before we get on the scene mm-hmm. so in the first five ten minutes there's probably a lot of um like command engine one one engine one two like we're, we're kind of talking to the teams and then once they get placed it might still flow like that for a bit once things are established, I think that's when we start to get a little bit more personal. Yeah. Um, so, like, if Stott's on one, I'm on two. You know, it would be engine 22, engine 21. Yeah, go ahead. We'll say something, blah, 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 blah. Okay, once we're all 
Oh, well, what's a, what's a dismounted? I'm not an engine. I'm not an engine. Yeah. No, the, en- the engine me. is now the driver. That's right. Yeah. So, so when I call the engine, I'm calling the driver. I'm driver. expecting the operator. Yeah. Operator. Yeah. 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 Right? So once we dismount and we're all tasked, now it's stop action. Yeah. And that's why I can't see the call sensor life thing being... Because if I get off, if I get out and say Rob's running the, Rob's running the engine... I'm not gonna be like uh, one like again. I'm, I have to know his call sign. I'd be like two or four, give me water, or I could just be like, engine, give me water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still feel like those are still be yeah. the engine call. I don't know because you're calling your engineer. So what's not. the point of the call sign? <laughs> well, yeah, that's funny. I don't I don't know a lot about it. Does it come down to more city stuff? Maybe it's a, a station crew, or it's a it's an engine company. I think they even get harder because the company. city guys wouldn't even see each other very often at all. Like, they, you know, you'd know each other from, uh, if but you were all in the same platoon together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think they would just go no, by their that's, names. That's Yeah, and that's usually broken up. Very, like, you listen to some big comms of some big events, mm-hmm. and it, it's the, the company officers talking to... They're going by the, the task. Guy, and, and it's that task. And so it's like... Um, Tacting one. Yeah. Searching one. Yeah, searching oh, yeah. time, ladder one, ladder two. It's that small crew, right? They kind of mm-hmm. keep that call yeah. sign. There's a big article I just found on, on it, and it... I don't know. It says a lot of that's confusing, but I don't know. I can't wrap my hand around this call center life. How it is would be less confusing. Mm-hmm. Less confusing. Yeah, I'm interested in learning more about it to see. Yeah, maybe you know, maybe, it's, maybe it's awesome. And, maybe it'll open and everything up. Maybe it'll be easier. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I can't see remembering everybody's name or number. Mm-hmm. Unless I saw it all the time, I would never remember anyone's. Yeah, it'd be neat to hear if there is other people that are actually doing it that have some insight. Because there's no one department that does it for sure. Them. And they're a big advocate of it. And actually, the article I found was from that chief from that department. That's so right. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be really good to hear from somebody. You know, maybe we could. Yeah. Maybe. I, think, I think we have some some in there. But uh, it'd be good to hear from people that are utilizing that. Yeah. Um, get get some pros on, on their side of it. Uh, from the outside looking in, I have a hard time seeing the benefits outweigh the confusion yeah. um i mean case in point when we're on deployment there's five trucks in our task force mm-hmm. i don't know any of those guys i don't know anybody's name mm-hmm. there's five trucks in the task force i had to write the goddamn truck numbers on the window just so i remember everybody and i'd still be like uh what are those guys okay oh they're um uh, engine 113 okay mm-hmm. and that's these guys and then i have i'd have the city next written next to it I'm not gonna remember. Like, <laughs> like yeah. so I, we were with them for a week. I still couldn't remember. Like half the time, I still have to look at my the windshield to figure it to remember. I mean, we have a bad memory. I have to still look at their windshield to remember what they what their call sign is. And it's mm-hmm. cool with the forestry stuff because um, their engines. If it's a uh, if it starts with the one, that means it's a type one engine, which means yeah. it has a thousand gallons of water. Blah blah blah, a bunch of stuff. Not not sorry, it doesn't have a thousand gallons. It has a certain pump mm-hmm. uh, rating and all that stuff. So it's a type one engine, and then the type two tenders and stuff. So at least that gave us some example, or some, like, I could look at it and be like, oh, this is the tender I want. That's not the tender I want. But I couldn't see, like, having to remember his name. I still feel like, yeah, I still feel like the numbers for life is more strictly internal operation stuff. I mean, like, rather than, like, you say you're on a task force or mutual aid, it's not going to really... Oh, no, it wouldn't work there. But again, if you're you're on mutual aid with somebody else and you're using Mm -hmm. these call signs... (laughs) You'd <laughs> be like, "What's that guy? Who is that guy? Like, what is his name?" Two one four. Two one four. And I think that's why we talked about before, like training with your 
mutual aid departments and and yeah. having that the localized task force for mm-hmm. force yeah. deployments where there's huge benefits of already knowing everybody yeah because I don't, I don't like half your guys i don't know half their names mm-hmm. <laughs> like i try to remember i'm terrible with names i am terrible with names but i've seen it, names yeah. on their helmets to know mm-hmm. who they are yeah yeah that's my issue you know if, if you have a bit of a turnover you're getting some, or just some new, some new blood coming in. You're going to be trying to remember a their name, b their call sign. What what do you use more? Are you more social? Like once you're back back at the hall, you're not calling by the name. You're, you're task. <laughs> no, it's, it's you're yeah. you're obviously right back to name. Yeah. And uh, from I, a command I, standpoint, yeah. man, I would have a challenging time. I go back to the old school martial art world where. Uh, if you're white belt, we don't even remember your name. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Like, What's like, I don't know, who cares? <laughs> so that like the black blackout? <laughs> <laughs> I'm better now, but that's what the, the, honestly, that was the mentality in some of the instead of the Japanese martial arts or, or Western or Eastern martial arts was like mm-hmm. until you have color on your belt, we don't remember your name. <laughs> you clean the mat. I don't remember your name. <laughs> Well, we it's better now. Like, like we're, you know, it's definitely, yeah. <laughs> She'll be even numbers. Jeez. <laughs> oh, no. Anyways, something to, something to look into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, I knew I. There's two guys in our department that actually know a couple of chiefs from that department very well. Yeah. I think maybe I'll, I'll ask them and we'll reach out. Right. Here. Hopefully he doesn't hear this because he's like, those guys don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are morons. Facts, Yeah. Yeah. Conversation started, right? Like I said, mm-hmm. back to learning. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And, you know, that that right there, I think we've had a lot of people reach out and say, like, hey, this is why I enjoy listening. is because you guys don't are literally a group of guys that talk about like you that know that are, that, that are basically idiots yeah you know like we we do a handful of things i think quite well but our minds are open yeah. and you know i i can't see that working i don't get it but i also i don't get it so mm. um and there's probably a ton of other people that are sit, sitting around being like yeah i also don't get it and then on the flip side of that i'm sure there's a ton of people like those guys are fucking stupid and <laughs> yeah. this is like i don't see how they don't see well. it right exactly so there's always going to be both both sides to it and until you're educated on it you're not going to see it and once you're educated until you can go out and prove it in the mm. field and we've wrapped ourselves right back around you have to have that so it's called call back <laughs> uh, say if you're educated and commenting on stuff or not it sounds like vaccination passport topic Wow. Oh, oh no, man. we're doing that now. <laughs> I ain't touching that with a different pole. I mean, we've been here for an hour. <laughs> uh. So. <laughs> Out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll probably call it at that. We'll uh, head into our shout-outs. So, uh, Rob, mm. why don't you grab Modus Maybe. tonight? Modus. Yep. Uh, Modus Snagger Tool. That's what they're known for. Mm. Uh, they have. They look like they've got a new design. Uh, with the tip on there. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. Not super new, but yeah, it definitely is uh, different yeah, than the original. My, my, yeah. my snagger's got the uh, a little metal blade or edge on it. For, for sure. Right. But uh, yeah, uh, they have got the snagger tool. They've got some uh, 
They've got some uh, hose wrench tools. Uh, they've mini got spanners. Uh, yeah. yeah, mini spanners. They've got uh, bags. Um, they've got some soft entry tools. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, check them out. Pocket organizer. Uh, one mm-hmm. of my guys uh, from my hall there, he just uh, got his pocket organizer in today. He was oh, stuffing nice. it after our call, trying to figure out where he wants stuff. So. Did you use the yeah. discount code? Uh, probably. I didn't ask, actually. Mm-hmm. What would that be if he was to use it? <laughs> DTFF. It's been a while, so I don't actually know. Yeah, DTFF5. Yeah. Don't you get your 5% five, five off? Uh, Stop the Bleed. Todd? StopTheBleed.org. Um, we talked about a lot. Learn the basics. Um, and it's not just uh, you know, throwing a tourniquet on and you're done. Like the wound packing is, uh, is key. Uh, so starting out with your direct pressure, uh, your tourniquets application, make sure it's out of the wrapper when you have it. Don't keep it in your bag in a wrapper. Um, and, uh, then of course your wound packing. So when you're, Can't tell me what to do. when you're, <laughs> when you're finished, uh, yeah, when you're finished putting that tourniquet on stuff, there, there's still a lot more you can do. You're not, you're not finished, um, dealing with that wound. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing with that too is, uh, there's a lot of education out there on how to deal with junctional wounds and stuff as well. I remember that one little photo I shared there mm. or video I shared about, uh, junctional wounds. Uh, you can still use a tourniquet or two tourniquets together um, for right. making a kind of improvised uh, tourniquet uh, out of two with a, like right. a water bottle, like a hard water bottle, yeah. not like mm-hmm. a plastic one, um, or anything anything circular that's firm uh, in those groin areas and things like that. So Absolutely. there is cautions with that, uh, but um, yeah, go online, check it out, check mm-hmm. out our stuff online on the course, and um, yeah, go see if uh, if you want to become an instructor. Cool. And if you wanted to get some equipment for that, or where would they find that? RescueEssentials.com. Uh, go online there. The, um, we've got uh, our Stop the Bleed uh, products from there. There's all sorts of packs and kits, um, numerous different suppliers, um, a lot of good products that they really stand behind. Um, you can get just the empty bag or the fully uh, stocked kits as well for the Stop the Bleed. And uh, Rob spoke last time about it. He uh, he actually won one of their um, gift packs. Was a uh, responding first responder bag. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get that kitted out for you. And yeah, rescuecentrals.com. Check them out. Beautiful. And if you like country music, General Olson Band. Boom. Uh, country music out of the West Coast. I think they are still kind of trying to do live shows, but of course, with wave number four, mm-hmm. <laughs> you are. A little bit on hold from opening back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, you can check them out on Spotify or Facebook or uh, MySpace. <laughs> MySpace. <laughs> <That's hilarious. laughs> I heard that for a long time. Oh, that's awesome. I was watching a show the other day. It was like an old... Uh, and, the, and the guy brought up MySpace. He's like, what's MySpace? And the guy's like, it's like an internet thing. He's like, it's like a porn site? <laughs> like, no! <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, and lastly, you have us. Uh, so we are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, we're on TikTok, we're on YouTube, um, and obviously we're on all of the uh, download platforms for podcasts, or else you wouldn't be hearing this. Uh, so on all of those, wherever you follow us, um, please give us a, 
uh, like, share, subscribe, get us out in front of more people. Uh, it just continues to allow us to do what we do here. Uh, we enjoy doing it. I don't know what we do here. Scott's <laughs> snaggering his ankle. That's so new, new things for a snagger tool. <laughs> Could be an MMA. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, so we appreciate everything. Um, yeah. Anything else, guys? I could use that tip on that snagger to dig my sliver out of my foot this morning. That was yeah, awesome. That was a, a sliver. A sliver is like a little tiny thing. You had a, like a hunk of wood in your foot. May have been a five inch hunk of wood. Yeah, yeah. Mm. that was pretty big. I, I had to use a knife to cut the skin off. To, that was yeah. weird. So I'm, I'm watching this video, and now comes a knife with a serrated edge. I'm like, he oh, he's hacking it. Nice. I ha- I started using my knife, and the tip of my knife is so fucking dull. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go get a kitchen serrated knife. Oh, so good. Yeah. I think the best thing of that video is. Oh, gross. Right at the end. I'm like, ah, cool. The old commentary from the family. Yeah. Uh, Wear shoes. Wear shoes. (laughs) Scott. Good night. Todd. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you. Rob. Good night. Thanks again, everybody. Stay safe. Stay GTF.